0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry.
1: Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you?
2: Oh man, uh, it's springtime. It's post winter retreat time. I'm a little down, man. Just kind of like it's not quite sunny enough yet. The time hasn't changed, right you know. Changed. Just a little heavy hearted. So I, I figure this is a good week. We, we've been talking about this, uh, and you're going to bring it to the table. I'm ready. Yeah. We have a new segment. That we're calling what's good, because sometimes, man, it just between all of the like Facebook stuff and life happenings and news, like I just need some good news, Chad. Like, give me something good. So, Chad Higgins, you ask me how in the world I am. I'm gonna ask you, Chad Higgins, what's good, dude? What's
1: good? Here's what's good, Zach. Um, you know, we, me, and my wife just moved to uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, not too long ago. Um and what's good is this, Boba Fusion Cafe. Dude, it <laughs> is this
2: Asian Chad. restaurant in Chad. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Chad. 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 Yes. I meant what was good like in the world of youth ministry. Like Oh. <laughs> Chad, not not a lot of our listeners live in Stillwater and not all of our listeners live in Oklahoma. So, um You're going to give them a Korean restaurant? Like, I mean, I just, like... Yeah, but listen, I'm
1: just going to tell you right now, if you're ever in Oklahoma, and you come see me in Stillwater, Boba Fusion Cafe, dude, it is the real deal. (laughs) I went in there the other day. Like, here's the thing, I, I feel like I am a Asian food, like... Aficionado.
2: Connoisseur. Aficionado. Yes. Oh, official Anato. <laughs>
1: yeah, dude. Like, I, I take it very seriously. And this place is phenomenal. Like, I went in there. Now, from the outside looking in, like like all great like Asian places, like, if you're not a little worried about your health walking in, like, immediately, I'm like, mm, that place isn't going to be good. So, like, that's first and foremost, they meet that test. I go inside. Um I'm the only one speaking English in the entire place. And so I'm like, yes, this place is legit. And so it was, man. It was so good. I mean, solid K pop playing over the like, you know, inside radio. Like it was good, man. I'm I'm a good big fan. Boba Fusion Cafe
2: in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Thanks everybody. That's our new segment called What's Good. <laughs> Brought to you by Chad Higgins and apparently local advertising. Yes. Uh, For all of our friends that don't live in Oklahoma or in Stillwater, I apologize. Maybe we'll come back in a couple weeks and try again. When Chad has more research for this section of what's good. No, no, no. In, in, in all
1: seriousness, uh, in, in coming weeks we will kind of start doing um, some what's good, and I'll I'll, I'll give you um, some great books and some great resources um, for you as a student minister. But we will, we kind of wanted to introduce that that segment in a funny way, and so in a couple of weeks we will uh, we'll kind of roll that out to you, and um, hopefully that'll be a great resource and a podcast for you.
2: Thanks, Chad. Thanks for that. Well, well always anyway. here for you. <laughs> Welcome to After Nine, the most honest podcast in youth ministry. Uh, got an amazing big question for you today, but just a reminder to uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you get a chance. Those our big gifts that you can give us and also give to our new friends and partner podcast. When you going to be a real pastor. So we announced it last week when we interviewed one of their co-hosts, Zach Hummer. And on this uh, upcoming week after this episode, Chad's going to be interviewing Ryan. And so it's going to be real exciting and we're excited for them. And so if you need one more youth ministry podcast, make when you're going to be a real pastor, the one you're listening to because it's super good. And we love those guys and they're very funny, very insightful. And it really is it's Chad and I's binge listen that we just talk about all the time. So yeah. check it out. Super good.
1: No, no, it's really good. Last week's episode was um what the kids like to call lit. Um it was I, I think <laughs> That's I'm using it. Lit. T.
2: L I T. You're not using it correctly. Yeah. It's okay. The no, I thought it was
1: so good, man. Like it was it was some solid stuff and and Zach is Zach's really funny. But I'll be honest with you, Zach. Um, in listening to that. I mean, you kind of called him out as your new best friend, and so I don't know how I feel about that. I was a little hurt Um, driving home. As I was listening to After 9, I heard that come over the radio. Sorry. I just started crying. Deep down inside, it just hurt, you know? But it's okay. We'll get over it.
2: Can can I apologize on air right now?
1: No, I I don't accept it. Okay.
2: Well, if you want to hear my apology, <laughs> it'll be at the end of the episode for Chad Higgins, so thanks everybody for, for listening to that. But today, the big question is this, and Chad, it's a doozy. It's yeah. a doozy, and I want you to introduce it to the audience, because I feel like this is one of those that we all like have an opinion on, we've all encountered... And yet, I think there's some room, some growing edges for all of us to kind of think through this. So Chad, what's our big After 9 Honest Youth Ministry question on this week's episode? Yeah, I think I think the question, right, that
1: as we're walking to our car at 9 o'clock at night after we've turned the lights out, the question that's probably going through some youth minister's mind is, how do I stop getting that kid to do that, right? How do I <laughs> recorrect those actions? And so at the heart of it— um, can I discipline these students? Right. Yes. Is, <laughs> is what we're going to talk about today. And, um, and, and so, you know, this, even that word discipline has some different, uh, meanings and, and different thoughts as we hear about it. And so we want to unpack this and, and really wrestle with this question of what that looks like. Is, is that healthy? You know, cause I think for a lot of youth ministers, man, there's always this like fear that like we're going to discipline them and then they're never going to come back. Right. And then we have this like weight of,
2: you know, oh, like we wanted them to hear the gospel. You know yeah. what I mean? And everybody's all invited of- to church. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. The the alternate title of this episode that Chad did not want to run with is corporal punishment. I say general punishments, <laughs> 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 or Old Testament law in a New Testament filled church. So, no, yeah, I, that's I, I,
1: phenomenal.
2: <laughs> yeah, think- dude, listen, I am very. I'm.
1: We just get this up front, like I'm. I'm. Pro uh, corporal punishment Chat. Chat is on Wednesday pro night. Pro ot. <laughs> I like to just walk in with my belt, snap it a couple times, no. just to let the no. kids
2: know, like, no. "Hey, I'm serious here." Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. That is uh, <laughs> not what we. That is not our position or advocacy for after nine. But I do feel like <laughs> there is that moment that we've all had, right? Like, if you are a youth minister and have been doing it for more than a few months, you probably have had either a kid or a situation where you were like that kid needs some kind of come to Jesus moment. And if it ain't coming from me, I know somebody else is going to set them straight. And so I feel like that is, it's a, it's a live question, right? Because every week there is probably some kind of either minor or maybe even major discipline issue whether it's being distracted or causing distraction or moving around or being disrespectful. There's a lot of these like, kind of like subtle social cues and less subtle issues when it comes to like kids that are like horse playing or like fighting or like maybe even bullying or calling names. And like these are things that we have to deal with. And I think that's part of the, like the social reality of working with with young people, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, I mean adults too, adults have issues too, but it becomes this more kind of tenuous situation when they're young people that are not your own personal young people, right? Like it's that role that we talk about a lot where you are not the parent but yet you are some kind of trusted pastoral person in the life of a, of a, of a young person that is, is growing and kind of maybe trying to mature in ways that are important or <laughs> trying to mature with other people around them that are super immature or maybe they just don't care at all. But I think mm-hmm. it's so critical for us to think through in a calm way and not a reactionary way what our levels of response are because here's the deal. Something's going to happen. It either happened tonight or it's going to happen next week or the week after where you're going to have to go into some kind of decision mode of how are you going to respond to this kid that is misbehaving or disrespecting or causing serious, serious like pain or drama. Absolutely. And whether whether it's a he or a she, a middle school or a high school, there is probably one student right now you're already thinking of that you probably have a name in your mind that you are like, I just – I need to know how to reach them, and the heart is, the intention is you want to reach them. We know it. We know you care deeply for them, but hear your friends, your youth pastor brothers at After9 say, not all students are behaving in a way that keeps them at church that there are situations, there are times, there are actions that have consequences that may disinvite them and it's their actions and their consequences that disinvite them from youth group or exclude them or suspend them for a certain time. And I think, I think that's the wisdom that we want to give, the affirmation we want to give to you that are wrestling with wanting all these students there. Youth group, can we say it this way, Chad? Youth group is an exciting privilege, which means that not everybody will want to be there and not everybody gets to be there. And I think the thing that you're going to lead us into, Chad, is that starts with the kind of expectations we create for our youth ministry community. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I think for for each one of us, we have to to come back to this place of understanding of what we're trying to do. You're not just opening a room for social hangout on Wednesday night. You're not just opening a room so students can come and be there with their friends uh, and do whatever they want. If we understand that, you know, our, our goal, right, this primary goal for us is to, you know, share the gospel, to uh, invite students into this relationship with the Lord, um, allow them to dig, right, ask questions, all those kind of things. Yeah. If you have a student that is being distracting to that, you know, I, I think so easy we're like, oh, we can't, you know, we can't get on to him because his, his feelings will get hurt. He may not come back and he may not hear that. Yeah. Listen yeah. to me. They're not hearing it now. <laughs> their, yep. their actions that they're doing are keeping them from hearing and you um, achieving the goal and the purpose for your student ministry. and And here's the problem. When they're acting that way and they're causing that problem in the crowd, they're not hearing it, but now they're allowing the students that are around them not to hear it. And yeah. and so while, yes, I, I get it, man. That's a struggle. And and there has never been one time where I've had to ask a student to leave or to be suspended for a while that it hasn't come um, with great, like, heart angst on my side. Mm. But I'll tell you this. If you just send them away um, and you're not following up, engaging, then then that's on us, right? Like, we yeah. want to take those steps. We want to reach out to the students. We want to care for them. Um, And and I think all of this conversation starts with this place of, like Zach was saying, these expectations, but I would even take it a step further, of relationship. Yeah. Are we building these relationships with these students? And and really starting to understand, as far as a behavioral method, these students are acting the way they are for a reason. Mm. And I think a lot of times in the church world, I hear this phrase so much. Well, they, you know, they just haven't grown up in the church. They don't know how to act. Mm. And and I think it goes deeper than that. Because I think that because they've been in school, right? They've been in other situations where there's an expectation of they know how to act, right? Unless you're finding these students like being raised by a pack of wolves, right? That have never entered into society before. Like they've been around it. They understand some expectations of what it looks like to be in a room of other students with adults and things like that. I think it boils down to this: the relationship that we have with them and understanding why they're acting this way. For many of these students, their home life is an absolute wreck. For some of these students, they're acting the way that they're acting because they're craving attention, yes. right? Yes. They're craving to be noticed. They're craving to be heard. And so when we start understanding that some of these disrespectful behaviors are cries for help in many of these students, then I think we're able to address it in a different way, and we begin to shape and build expectation for those students in a way that's healthy for them. And a lot of that comes in one-on-one conversations before and after. And and here's the, here's the, the, the truth. If your patience is waning thin, bring in other adults that can help you in that Absolutely. process. Um and and your patience may wane thin, but here's the here's the truth. It's worth it. It's worth having that same conversation every week with that one young man that you know is gonna want to talk beforehand of going, hey buddy, how you doing this week? How are things going? How you feeling? Remember, as we walk into here, the expectation is that you're not talking to your friends and you're on your phone. Can you respect me in that way? I really want to respect you in that way, right? And then you have this agreement with the student. And then if, if they don't live up to that, then we have um, a clear expectation that we've given to them beforehand that we can then follow up with and go, hey, Johnny, remember right before the service, we talked about how we didn't want anybody on our phone. Man, I saw you on your phone. What's going on? Right, yep. and we get to have that conversation, we get to recorrect it, um, and we get to hear from them, man, I don't know how many times I've had students that have been acting up that I've sat down with and talked with of going, "Hey, what's going on? Yeah, and then they'll just like unload like. Uh, you know, I haven't seen my mom in, you know what I mean, weeks and all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the night, you you, you get to build that relationship. You get to put your arm around that kid and, and show him that you love him and you care for him. Um, but that that's not always easy, right? There are some times that we have to take those steps of going, man, over and over we continue to talk about this. You're not showing me the respect. You're not showing these students the respect, these leaders the respect that we ask for here and so here's the consequences of that.
2: No, and and that's and I think that's so important, Jed, that we have to outline it up front. I mean we, we've talked about this before with our leaders and kind of expectations for what our leaders should be about and what they should be doing. I think it's equally true for our students and our community, uh, and I think it's one of the things that really shapes – um, the ways in which you can address it is how you uh, have pre-addressed it. And so yep. I, I, I would go f- as far to say is that like I know for for us, um, we've got a couple like posters around the room that have just like simple things like be courteous, be kind, be nice. And even though there's like a code of conduct where like kids walk in and they like sign off on that or whatever, there's like visual cues, um, there's there's leadership interactions. But before we begin any kind of major like – chapel time or like organized time uh, i always try to make it really clear what some of the expectations are like hey this is not have your cell phone out time hey this is not get distracted time and so if there's somebody that like you you really like talking to that might distract you maybe maybe don't sit with them and i think there's some of this like setup work that's really important that will help us address like any kind of incident that arises and then when the incident does arise this is what we'll come back to after the break is Is working a kind of process, and I think that's one of the things that um, you've got to set up the right expectations. You've got to have the right environment. You've got to have it clearly identified, and then when things do break down, because they will break down, there's got to be certain kind of parameters or process that you walk through that protects both the student and you. And I think that's one of the things that – if we're going to speak honestly to fellow youth pastors like – listen, you're going to be upset at some kids sometimes for their behavior or maybe for their constant disrespect. And so you need to have other adult leaders and processes involved in this so it doesn't become personal. So we'll come back after the break and talk more about that because here's the deal. Misbehavior is going to happen. They're going to disrespect. They're going to not always listen, So we need to know how to face it head on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to episode 70 of After Nine. If you've enjoyed this listen, we have another great listen for you with our friends over at When You Gonna Be a Real Pastor, the podcast hosted by Zach and Ryan. It's excellent, it's hilarious. You can check it out at Youth Ministry Booster dot com slash not a real pastor. It's a listen that you will not regret. Listen to When You Gonna Be a Real Pastor, featuring Zach and Ryan. New episodes drop every tuesday and it is a treat hey everybody welcome back to after nine talking about disciplining students in youth ministry uh chad higgins i'm still sitting in in a good kind of way thinking about what you shared earlier and that's a we're about something when we get together with our students, whether it's a small right. group gathering in a home, whether it's a program gathering at, at the youth area or some kind of chapel gathering at camp. And, and I think sometimes in the midst of ministering and pastoring, um, we we can get so busy we lose sight of that purpose. And, and I think that's one of the things – I mean we all want more kids to know the gospel. We want more kids to be a part of our ministry and to, to be formed in the way of Jesus and and even though that doesn't always take for some students that are just not in that way or in that place, we don't want to disqualify anybody from hearing it. And yet, because we are purposeful in our gatherings with full intention, sometimes we have to make tough choices, and sometimes we have to have tough decisions. And so on the second half of the episode today, I, I want to re-up on how important it is to clearly communicate the why of those expectations, and then what kind of processes could be in place to help both the pastor and the student grow, um, whatever the outcome is. And so, Chad, maybe give us just a little bit more on that expectation piece of why the why is so important. Yeah. So
1: I mean I think it's the first part of the process, right? If you're building a process of discipline for your students, um, and and you're not addressing the expectations, right, the rule, and then the why behind the rule, which I think is the most important part of it, because I'm a I'm a kid that always asks the why question, right? Like if if I'm gonna go to a pool and it says don't run, I want to know why. why? <laughs> like why do I? Why can't I dive here? Well, it's because it's three feet and you'll break your neck, right? And and so I think that it's important that for us, as we have rules and expectations for students, that we're clearly explaining the why behind that, right? So I'll give the example of a cell phone, right? If you say, hey, our rule here is that you're not going to have your cell phone out on a Wednesday night. I think a lot of times we think in our mind, we're like, yeah, that's a clear expectation. We're not going to have our cell phones out. And I think as a – Just don't. I think as an adult, we understand why we would have that rule, right? It's distracting, right? You're not going to actually hear what's going on. You're going to play, you know, whatever game is current at that time. But for students, right, that that may not be a, a clear understanding. Why, why can't I have my phone out? I always have my phone out. Because for them, that that phone is their lifeline, right? I mean, it is this almost... Like addicted comfort thing that they have, and so you making them put it away makes them uncomfortable, and all those kind of things. But if we can start to under, uh, explain the why that we would have them put their phone away in a in a kind, loving, caring way, that we point back to the reason why we're here, right? Yeah, hey, yeah. we want you to engage with God. We want you to we want you to learn tonight. We want you to grow in your relationship with the Lord. To do that, we believe that putting our cell phones away allows us to concentrate and focus tonight. And I want to invite you to that, and give them the opportunity instead of don't pull out your phone. Hey, I want to give you the opportunity to put that cell phone away so that you can now engage fully and with all your focus in on what we're teaching tonight. Mm -hmm. Then it gives the students the opportunity to then succeed in something instead of just the opportunity to fail in something. And so I, I think that we help our students out that way in explaining the why behind the rules and the expectations that we give
2: them. Oh, that's good, and I and I think even setting it up as like this this is what success could look like. Maybe not using that word because that's a sometimes a high pressure word. But I think it's important to paint both sides of the picture. Like this is not about like you just persisting and not getting in trouble. Like this is not like <laughs> trouble avoidance or punishment avoidance. But we want this to go well, and you're part of that. And that's how we can help. And so that's great. I so and, and I'll say the, this
1: for yeah. that student that is your problem that always has their phone out. That week that they don't have their phone out and they're engaged, do not miss the opportunity to praise them. Yes. Right? Man, hey, man, thank you so much for not having that phone out tonight. Man, you engaged well. You asked this question. It was so enlightening, engaging for for the rest of the group. You're awesome, Johnny, right?
2: Right. Celebrate good behavior. Don't just punish bad behavior. Celebrate good behavior because for all the students that are on the cusp, (laughs) they are watching, and they want to know, and they want to see how you will not just react but respond to a student's behavior, good behavior or misbehavior. That's great, man. Okay, so step one of having a great process for discipline is having expectations. Clearly defined expectations that help shape your environment. Step two, Chad, is having some wisdom around you. Uh, yep. You need to be the one that's not making the final call or all the calls for what is or is not acceptable. Um, this is got to be uh, whoever your superior, boss, senior pastor, executive pastor, team pastor, lead pastor, whatever, involve them at some level in whatever discipline, guidelines, procedure. Um, if we use the word policy, I guess that's fine. Wh- whatever kind of your setup is for that, but also some other adult leaders. Uh, if you're younger and not quite a parent yet, have parents. Engaged with the ways in which you are thinking about handling some discipline issues. This is not a chance to start the rumor mill. This is a chance to get insight and wisdom on what might be some best practice. The third layer so, expectations, wise counsel, the third layer is patience. This is not about immediately responding and crushing or kicking or suspending. Uh, there, There is a season that it takes for some of these particular major issues. If a student pulls their phone out one Wednesday, you don't bar them from coming back the next week. If a student is in a tussle or horse playing with another student and it seems to be non-threatening or lethal, give them a chance to talk it out. Listen to them. Go to them. Do the hard work, the diligent work. And then if you have to move into the steps of maybe taking a week off, maybe taking some time apart, um, maybe even before that calling a parent involving other leaders like this, there is a process to the ways in which it is good to discipline a student well before um, you get super angry well before you make a uh, irrational choice or don't have the opportunity to pick your words know that good discipline takes a good amount of time because if we are only living in the moment that something happens then we are reacting and not appropriately responding now pause asterisk caveat if there is a major breakout blowout fight separate it <laughs> don't don't just you know pause to go through a process. There are moments to be an emergency responder to maybe some kind of incident, um a tussle, a fight, some screaming, frustrations, anger, but do the hard work, the process, the diligence of collecting the information, hearing both sides, hearing the stories out because usually, like Chad said earlier in the episode, there is something else going on that is beyond just the behavior. Behavior is usually the outflow or the outcropping of some very deep identity formation issues. Something's wrong at home. Something's tough at school. Um, They're malnourished. They're upset. They broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Like There's other things going on than them just disrespecting while you were trying to give a talk. Give them the due course of finding out what was going on. Now, it still may result in them being, you know, barred or suspended or removed from that setting, and that's okay. But at least give it its time and its process. Yeah,
1: man, I, I think I think that's really good. That's some some good insight and and wisdom there, Zach. I think having that process right where we're not just reactionary in that moment, right? And and that's going to look different for everybody's, you know, context and and your leader structure and, and, and all those kind of things. What are, um, can you give us some like real practical, like, maybe steps that you walk through with a student for yourself, Zach?
2: Yeah, so I'm trying to think through. We've actually had a few things in the last couple of years that have resulted in some students, um, through the consequences of their choices, uh, removing them from 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 youth group, removing them from youth ministry. Um, now we're still, you know, in contact with them. You know, like I, I didn't like unfriend them on Facebook and like you know delete their right. number and never talk to them again. But for the benefit of, and this is one of the things again at the top, um, the expectations of having a youth ministry that's a safe place. A right. youth ministry that um, is desiring to be inclusive of all kinds of people, uh, and a youth ministry that is <laughs> radically loving. Um, if if someone else is going to trample on those things and make the place unsafe, or try to exclude certain people, um, or to not be loving, I mean to be to be um, you know stirring up stuff or being spiteful or being rude. Um, there, there's things that we have to address. And so for me, the, the ground level thing is always trying to get to the bottom of the incident. Um, it's again, difficult to trust, uh, the stories of, of maybe two students that are frustrated with each other. Um, but usually there is either some kind of text or message paper trail. Usually there are other key witnesses. Um, and that kind of stuff is usually the first week or the first night of kind of responding to things. Um, but again, I think the patience of, Asking other folks for, for wise counsel, for me, that's kind of going back to the reverse order of okay, what happened? What can we learn? Okay, who else can weigh in on this? Who else should weigh in on this? And then ultimately, what kind of decides for me what should be done or shouldn't be done um, is, is kind of related to our core values and our key values, our expectations. And so, for one student in particular who made very, you know, egregious threats, um, Man, we 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 talked and got to the bottom of it. There was Facebook messages. Uh, we we talked with some of the other students that had been around the issue, the, issue, the circumstance. Uh, I talked with my senior pastor. I talked with some other leaders, and ultimately we decided that like, man, if you can't if you can't make it a safe place, if you if you're going to contribute to this place being unsafe, then this is maybe not the place for you because we value safety in this place, and we can't have right. you know a threatening kind of behavior here.
1: Sure. You know, there there are some there are some sort of some actions, right, that that students take that it's like there's not a three step process to, right? right there's right, not right. like you know, warning here, warning there. Okay, now we've, we're taking action. There's sometimes, right, when safety's involved, that it's like, well, well, we've got to handle this now. Like, this doesn't wait another day. All of those kind of things. And we need to be aware of that, man. We've got to we've got to be aware that, man, there are other students in this room that their safety, right, is on our shoulders in this moment, right? Yeah. And even their spiritual well-being, yeah. you know, in some senses of, of actions of, of other students that are, um, you know, stepping out and doing things and saying things that can be hurtful in in many different ways that we have to be aware of um, as we're leading a group and not just one single student. Man, there was a period in student ministry for, for myself where we had a lot of students that were coming that... Um, man, it it was rough for a, for a moment. There were fights and everything else that would break out, and and we had to we had to get really smart with the process, and we we developed a book with everybody's name in it and all that kind of stuff, and. Um, if a student would act out, like they, they had to go through this process of, you know, going and, and signing this and saying, okay, hey, like, this is my first warning. This is what I've done. This is how I can correct that in the, you know, future. And, and we just helped them talk through that. The second step process was, Hey, we're, we're going to talk to parents now. So we're going to have a sit down with you and your parents because the same actions already happened that you've already stated that you're not going to happen. And then that third strike of, Hey, there's going to be a period of time that was designated and told. Right now, it is a time for you to step away for a moment. We're going to follow up with you as a staff. Your leader's going to continue to talk to you all these kind of th- still things. We still want you to come to this small group, right? So, we're it's not a complete like um exiling of a student, but we're setting boundaries and limitations of saying, "Hey, this is um we're serious about this." And all those kind of things and and we get to follow up with students that way. I can remember for myself. Can I give a um, specific example for myself oh, as a teenager? Okay. Oh, oh, oh! So, teen Chad, teen, teen Chad. Chad, man, okay. I got in trouble. Okay. So, um, uh, a, a youth minister that played a huge impact in my life growing up was a guy named Scott Miller, and Scott um, was a, is, uh, an amazing, amazing youth minister, and. Man, I I got into some trouble outside of youth ministry stuff. Okay. I was at a place I should not have been at. He found out and here was the thing with Scott. I knew that he loved me so much. And it was almost this like running joke like in the student ministry if Scott came up to you and said, "Hey man, I got a bone to pick with you." You knew you were in trouble. Okay. If Scott said, "Hey, let's go get a Sonic drink," you knew you were in big trouble. Real okay? trouble. <laughs> Real trouble. If Scott came up to you and said, "Hey, let's go have dinner together." Listen. That's where I was at in this situation. "Hey, let's go have a rib dinner together." Okay. I was like, "I'm he's going to kill me. I'm about to die." I like I walking in I knew exactly what he was wanting to have dinner with me, talk with me about. But here's the thing, man. He didn't let me slide on that. He called me on it. Okay. We talked about it. Okay. But here's the thing, man. I knew that he loved me. Mm. I knew that he cared for me. Mm. And as awkward and as hard as that conversation was, looking at my life now, I am so utterly thankful. Mm. That he took the time to call me out on my mess, mm. to re-correct me, to point me to something that was better, and to show that he cared about me.
2: That's
1: good. Man, it could have been so easy for that guy to just like, oh, man, I can't believe he did that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: Sweep it under the rug. Never bring it up. Mm. But, man, he cared about me too much to let that happen. And and so, Zach, our, man... I I thank him for that. Scott, thank you so much for pouring in my life in those ways to redirect my path to, to where I'm at now. And so um you never know, right? You never know the student that we're disciplining today who they're going to become in the future. That's right.
2: That's right. And, man, and that's part of the beautiful journey of youth ministry, right? We, we've said it before on the podcast. If you were in youth ministry for short-term recognition or gratification, you are playing the wrong game. Uh, you are yeah. investing. You are seed sowing for, for the future, for a harvest that you may not reap. And I think when it comes to the questions related to discipline, uh, being thoughtful, wise careful and patient are very important operative words but the hopeful reminder that we would leave you with today on after nine is that you are sowing seeds and though there is a student that you may have to have the tough conversation with for maybe this isn't the right place for you maybe this isn't working out Um, your choices have led us to say this for you and the path of reconciliation may take longer than you want to deal with the seeds you sow of faithfulness wisdom and grace not free mercy but grace are vital to the hope and the future of that student. Do not just operate your youth ministry in the immediacy, but play the long game of caring about the full life and future of the student that you're ministering to. Thanks for listening to After 9, and we'll see you again next week.
0: Thanks for listening to After 9. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at after 9 Ministry. Or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.
2: Hey, Chad, we're sorry.
0: Aw, ah,